Welcome to Influencer Business, where influencers get help with the hard stuff. Think of us as your business Bible. We're a team of influencers and entrepreneurs dedicated to bringing professional resources and infrastructure to our community. I'm Rich Scudelari, CEO of Trove. I'm an entrepreneur focused on helping influencers run and grow their businesses with the resources and information they need. I host this podcast as well as a live webinar called Office Hours, which takes place every Wednesday. Here, I dig deeper into each weekly topic and answer all of your most pressing questions. Our weekly podcast features guests from across the professional landscape, sharing their experiences and advice and answering questions from the Trove community, which you can submit on our website at www.trovebusiness.com. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari. Really excited to have you with us here this week. We have an amazing episode lined up for you. Joining us today is Hillary Sloan, the Senior Director of Influencers and Partnerships at ShopStyle. ShopStyle is a leading fashion and shopping platform, which also includes a really fast-growing network of fashion and lifestyle influencers. Hillary is responsible for ShopStyle's influencer relationships and the monetization of their digital content. Not only that, but she actually runs her own mini-influencer business through her dog, Elevine, on Instagram. She's a highly sought-after speaker and has given talks at South by Southwest, Create and Cultivate, and many, many other engagements. So we're really excited to have Hillary on the podcast with us today. Hillary, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's good to have you. So first, just give us a quick little background on your position at ShopStyle. Sure. Um, I lead ShopStyle's influencer business development and partnerships team. Um, We connect brands and retailers with our network of over 20,000 influencers. ShopStyle Collective is essentially a tool that helps influencers monetize their content across their blogs and social channels. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of help all of these influencers make money effectively in in a number of different ways. Absolutely. So that's the most fun part of my job, actually, (laughs) is that I love meeting all of these entrepreneurs who are creating amazing businesses and helping them figure out ways to grow those businesses, make more Mm -hmm. money, um, while also remaining authentic and true to their brands. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not easy in this environment either. Uh, And so, but you're also an influencer yourself. So you understand this from both sides. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, that's actually how I ended up working on this side of the business. So Ah. I've actually been with ShopStyle for quite a long time. And um, I started a social platform Mm -hmm. um, about four years ago when Instagram was really, really heating up and becoming a thing. I I started noticing all these Instagram cliches. There were influencers taking pictures of themselves with latte art and like, you know, graffiti walls. And some of these still (laughs) exist, you know, no judgment. Um, But I thought it would be really cute to replace the fashion blogger with my white fluffy dog. Awesome. And (laughs) I wasn't really messing around at all. I was like, we're also going to do the fashion and she's not going to be dressed like a dog. So it was a few weeks before fashion week and I'm like, okay, well, I'm bringing the dog to the shop style fashion week party, but she cannot be dressed like a dog. She Mm -hmm. needs to be dressed really cool. So I spent an entire weekend and I hand sewed her a leather motorcycle jacket. That's incredible. And and it totally worked. So she ended up becoming like a prop in a lot of influencers photos (laughs) and they ended up tagging her and, you know, we kicked it off. And, um, the more followers that she got, the more interested I inherently became on shop, in ShopStyle's influencer business, which sure. was really starting to heat up. Yeah. Um, and I just inherently got more involved and, you know, would stick my nose in and say, you know, as someone with a social platform, maybe <laughs> XYZ is a good idea. Yeah, and, sure. um over time, it just it led to the opportunity there to to lead the business development team, and yeah, I was excited about it. That's so really cool. It kind of all kind of came full circle. Yeah, it really so came can, out organically. It sounds yes. like, yeah. and I can 
honestly say that my dog changed my career. That's not, <laughs> not too many dogs can say that. Um, but now it's not just one dog, it's several, right? Yeah. So it started as this like fashion focused um, account. And I really was looking at what fashion influencers were doing and recreating that um, with a dog. Sure. But um, <laughs> uh, as more followers uh, started trickling in, people were really curious about Ella's origins and she's a rescue animal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found that there was a a big opportunity to not just um, make people smile Mm -hmm. um, and create beautiful content, but also to, to educate um, and, and hopefully raise awareness for an issue that I'm actually really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so over time, not only did the account grow, um, our involvement in rescue grew grew, and um, essentially when you get really involved in animal rescue, you really can't have just one, like people, (laughs) you know, just animals end up following, falling in your lap and sometimes they're the right one. And so, so now the account is really about the three dogs that we've rescued. Yeah, that's amazing. But getting back to kind of the influencer side of things, this is your, your day-to-day gig helping influencers monetize their businesses grow. I think a common misconception is that there's really only one path to building an influencer business and that's through Instagram. But I think you know firsthand better than anybody, it's actually that's actually not the case. There's so many different ways that you can build a really interesting influencer business. Can you can you talk about some of the ones that are maybe not, you know, kind of the common beaten path on Instagram? Absolutely. I think one of the things that amazes me the most is when I'm looking at our weekly reporting and a new name pops up and mm-hmm. you know, first thing we do is go and research the name, find the URL and look into this person. And my favorites are when there's no traditional tell that this is someone who's going to be generating a lot of revenue. So they don't have a ton of Instagram followers. The blog maybe is a little bit less polished and you're like, what is happening here? (laughs) Um, And so over time, I I found that that people are really finding ways to um, build communities uh, on Facebook. And, And I think that, you know, every time I say this, the response is always, nobody's on Facebook. Yeah. That's a lie. Everyone is on Facebook. Two billion people. Are yeah, on everyone Facebook. is on Facebook, <laughs> and um, I, I think what's so interesting about Facebook is, um, I think you can, you know, you're, you're sitting there at your desk at work, and as yeah. lo- if you can access Facebook, you are on Facebook at work. Yeah. So if you are following a fashion influencer and you like what they have to say, and especially if something is on sale, mm-hmm. you're going to probably act quickly. Yeah. And you're on your desktop, so there's none of that mobile friction. Right, right. So I think that that's one of the things that's been really successful for a lot of people who've built communities there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that um, one of the things that those those Facebook community owners have done is they've been really successful about introducing those fans to their own blog and actually building a brand. Uh-huh. So at Shopsell, we really believe in the blog. We believe in yeah. focusing on the con- like the places where you can own your content and own your audience. Yeah. That's what we care the most about because mm-hmm. the moment you're dependent on any third-party platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or any other app, um, mm-hmm. you are really dependent on on their algorithms. You're dependent on how often you get, sh- yeah. you know, you get You're seen. at their mercy. It doesn't matter if it's Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, whatever it is. Exactly. You're, you know, and we've had a lot of people obviously complain about the Instagram algorithm and whatnot. And one of the great ways you can avoid being completely subjected to that is by diversifying. Yeah. And, yeah. um, 
to your point, when we see people who have translated those audiences or just inherently built really large blog audiences, which surprisingly there are still a lot of people who have yeah, really yeah. devoted blog audiences, um, one of the, the ways that we're seeing them diversify that's really successful is building an email list. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's so funny because I have these conversations and people look at me and like, Facebook and email, that sounds like so retro. And I'm like, yeah. I know we're practically talking analog here, but <laughs> it works. And, yeah. you know, none of this is to say that Instagram is dead. Instagram is super important. I think mm-hmm. microblogging is a totally valid way to create content and build a brand. I think it's just about, you know, what your goals are and what's authentic for you sure. and, and what kind of influencer or content creator you want to be. Yeah, and I think that Instagram's great in that it's made it so easy for people to bu- to create content and to build a brand. Um, but, uh, you know, when you approach it from a business perspective, there are a lot of other places that you can go. And I think the point you made about desktop versus mobile is a huge, huge, di- you know, differentiator for something like Facebook and something like the blog, right? Absolutely. Because that's where people are buying. The, you Still. know, we're seeing, we're seeing mobile grow. Of course. And I think that yeah. people are becoming more and more comfortable with making purchases on mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... But you just don't have the same real estate no. that you have on on desktop. Absolutely, and yeah. it's, I see that it's really different um, with brands that have like PayPal or Apple checkout. Yep. The the less you friction, obviously, the easier it is. And we yeah. see that mobile checkout, the cart sizes tend to be a little bit lower, um, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a for lot sure. easier to sell, um, say, like a piece of makeup than maybe you know something that's size focused on, on Instagram, on mobile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, there are a lot of different, uh, consumer habits, but one is adding a bunch of things to your cart to look at later. Again, a lot easier to do on desktop than it is on mobile. Um, and so there are just so many ways. Talk to us a little bit about maybe some of the, what about Pinterest? What about Twitter? Do you see anything interesting happening on those platforms or is it mostly just Facebook, the blog and Instagram? Um, Twitter, no, but mm-hmm. I think that there's probably opportunity there. It, I, I don't I don't know of anyone personally who's using Twitter in that way, but mm-hmm. I bet if you started, you know, <laughs> someone out there who's listening, start some sort of community, you know, mm-hmm. it's all about community building. And if you So find, is that the common thread? I think that that is the common thread. Okay. It's, it's community building. And okay. if you find yourself with a community of people who are interested in the same kind of content that you are, yeah. um, I think it's just it's that much easier to turn those people into shoppers okay. and 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 fans that are truly engaging with your mm-hmm. content. And both are valuable because shoppers are important because they drive revenue, obviously. Sure. Mm-hmm. But also engagement is, yeah. is a really important metric. And both things are so important to the value of your yeah. you know, yourself as an influencer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Twitter is possible. Someone, someone make it happen. Um, in terms of Pinterest, there's a, a ton of potential there. Yeah. Um, ShopStyle partnered with Pinterest actually exclusively on a, a tool called Shop the Look, where right. you can automatically push your um, shoppable Instagrams mm-hmm. uh, to to Pinterest, and they will be shoppable within the Pinterest interface. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing success there. We are seeing that become a, a portion of people's of reven- revenue. Mm-hmm. And so now, is that checkout happening on Pinterest, or is that checkout happening on the retailer's website? That checkout is still happening on the retailer's cool. site. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity there. And the nice thing about Pinterest is that content is evergreen. Mm-hmm. And um, that's I, right. You know, so I think that one of the important things is we see the most successful people who are staying on top of sold out products, making sure that they're replacing and updating those links on a regular basis. Yeah. And we haven't touched on this, but 
YouTube also. Yeah, that, that's yeah. also evergreen content. You guys just released a product there too. We did. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about YouTube right now. <laughs> I think that we don't have enough people monetizing on YouTube outside mm-hmm. of brand partnerships. And okay. I think that there's so much potential there to mm-hmm. um, unlock an entirely new revenue stream. And yeah. not only is that revenue stream money, which is important, but also the data behind that money mm-hmm. is part of the value. Got it. Um, so I think, you know, when you're looking at like, who bought what and how many thing you know how many products of XYZ you sold yeah. and um, the you know you can figure out what your audience really responds to in a, sure. in a much more data driven way yeah yeah and that can help inform some of your content decisions definitely yeah talk to us a little bit about this tool that you guys just released for YouTube. Absolutely. So I think YouTube is becoming increasingly important and I think that there's a ton of opportunity there. I think that people right now are doing incredibly incredible things with brand partnerships and, and that's yeah. amazing. But there's so much opportunity to turn those viewers into shoppers. Yeah. And not only can that be an entirely new and substantial revenue stream, uh-huh. but um, you also get data along with that revenue stream right. that can help inform your content. That's interesting. Not everybody thinks about the data and definitely there is a huge opportunity in terms of the shopping. So right now, usually, or previously, what I would do is look in the, com- or the, the it's not a bio, but it's like the co- first set of comments, the description that they provide and click on whatever links they have there. But you guys just released a new solution. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we recently re- uh, launched video looks, which we're really, really excited about. And essentially mm-hmm. what it helps YouTubers do is monetize their content in a single link. So often mm-hmm. what you'll see on YouTube is influencers who are p- talking about products. You'll you'll yeah. see a whole list of products. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Exactly. That's, mm-hmm. So you know, this link will then drive to a page where your video lives. Okay. Um, it's embedded from YouTube, so you're still getting oh, nice. those YouTube views, but that video is completely shoppable. Oh, awesome. So we're really excited about that. I think it's an entirely new way to think about video creation. Yeah. Um, I don't think people should change their content or be any less authentic than right, they are today. Yeah. But if you're already talking about products, people probably want them. You're probably influencing people to go and make yeah. that purchase anyway. Mm-hmm. You might as well make some money on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, you're running a business, right? And you need to support that business. It helps you create the content that you're interested in creating and that the people want. So why the heck not? I think that's really interesting because video monetization has been so hard for so many people. There are brand partnerships, like you said, uh, but the the YouTube kind of ad revenue has kind of gone up and down. It's gone through, you know, some growing pain. So giving people another opportunity to monetize in a different way and something that's user-friendly, I think is also really important. Absolutely. So, you know, we really thought about the consumer and how we're going to make this very, very shoppable for that consumer. And I think that the more we see YouTubers adopt this and we have seen YouTubers adopt this, they're always surprised um, Mm -hmm. at at how high the conversion is. Yeah. So there's a lot of power there. Absolutely. So you've seen... Uh, a number of different models for creating a successful influencer business. And it sounds like one of the most important pieces is community. Are there any other common threads throughout these different, what what are ostensibly different businesses, whether it's someone who's got a really big business on Facebook, on their blog, on Instagram, what are the common themes here, the common threads? Well, as you said, community, Mm -hmm. I think that I would rank that above... 
I would rank that equal to authenticity, which is okay. the cheesy answer that everyone yeah, gives. But, yeah. but I'm going to add community onto that. Okay. Um, because you don't, you can't build a community unless you're a truly authentic person. Sure. And people respond to that authenticity. Um, sure. And you hear everyone say that, but but it's true. You just mm-hmm. simply cannot fake yeah. um, who you are. People know, they read it. And yeah. if you're truly able to put something put authentic content out there that is interesting and unique and has a point of view, you will inherently build a community. Yeah. And and so those two things I think really go hand in hand and yeah. are the common thread. I think the interesting thing about that is that these communities that are being built would are are really unique in many ways and there's there's a place for everybody. I've come across people who are building communities and something that you'd think, oh, that's so niche. But we all have different aspects to us as human beings, right? We are so cross-sectional in so many ways. We fill a number of different buckets. You can't really define us in a word or even a string of words. And so that's the beauty of the influencer realm. You can create, somebody can belong to four different communities and still feel really at home in each of them. Yeah. I'm a dog influencer. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's it's really fascinating from that perspective. Like people say that the influencer industry is saturated. And I think, well, you don't open up Netflix and say, oh, there are too many shows, too many good shows. I, you know, this is pointless. I completely you know? agree. Um, yeah. There was actually an interesting inter- uh, article in Forbes recently. I don't know if you saw that, but it was. I don't think um, I did. Can anyone become a mega influencer today? Oh, was the theme, and it, it, you know, essentially, it said exactly that. Yeah. That, you know, it's a lot harder, but it can be done. And I think it's really about a unique point of view. I think it's about authenticity, and I think it's about mm-hmm. not just building community, but um, engaging it. Yeah, but what is a, what, see? Here's the other thing: like, what is a mega influencer? One and two. Do you have to be a mega influencer to have a really interesting business? When I think of mega influencer, I think they get stopped on the street by exactly, people. Yeah. Although my dog gets stopped on the street sometimes. So maybe, you know, that's <laughs> not the common, <laughs> maybe that's not the common den- denominator. It's maybe it is. You know. Yeah. Um, I think that you do not have to be a mega influencer to have a really interesting business. I should say, I know you don't yeah, have to be. Yeah, you know better than anybody. Yeah. Um, I think, as I mentioned earlier, the m- most interesting businesses, the ones that I get so excited about are these these influencers that you're like, really? You're making that kind of money? That's yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think for me, working with, with those kinds of people and people who are really growing their communities and they're on the upswing, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and it's so much fun to support them. And, and I would add on to that that the other common denominator I see in really successful influencers is um, that they're data-driven. Yeah. So mm-hmm. influencers who... If they are not data-driven, they have someone in their business who is and helps inform them. I think that keeping track of... You don't want to let the data um, completely drive your content um, because some of it is about instinct and just curating because... There, people are there for your point of view. For sure. But yeah. I think understanding the types of things that your readers respond to the most can help you grow mm-hmm. and diversify in directions that you didn't expect. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'll use the example of my own platform where yeah. I started it as this fashion platform. But what I found was that my engagement was so much higher when I started talking about rescue. Okay. Um, and so then I diversified the content. Which and is I'm, something that you were already passionate about. Exactly. Yeah. I just didn't know that. Right. It, w- it just wasn't a part of the original concept, mm-hmm. and so but it I- certainly wasn't a forced pivot. <laughs> no, and it was and it was organic because I was paying attention to the engagement data. I was paying right. attention to what what my 
audience wanted to hear more about. Right. And the same can be said for creating shoppable content. Yeah. If you discover that your audience is extremely passionate, I don't know, about jeans, mm -hmm. maybe then you do massive denim guides. You do seasonal denim guides. Yeah. You can create things that are for your audience without yeah. pivoting away from your authentic self. For sure. I completely agree. I think that's absolutely right. And I'm a big believer in data, uh, have been, I mean, my background is in engineering and computer science. So, uh, definitely a big believer in that. And I don't think people use it enough appropriately. It is hard and there isn't a great solution for integrating all of your different data sources into one place. No. <laughs> so it can be a little bit challenging and you feel like you might need a PhD in Google Analytics just to figure out what the hell's going on. But it is important. And like you said, if you're not spending time on it, you should have somebody who is. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the, I want to add on to that. The most successful influencers, a, a thread is data, but also understanding when and where to uh, apply that yeah, data. That's because smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To my earlier point, I think if you become completely data driven <laughs> and all you do is say, okay, if I post this kind of content, I know that it gets a lot there's of... There's no soul. There's no soul. You yeah. lose the authenticity. Your community is going to see it. You cannot fool right. the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's <laughs> The internet always wins. <laughs> <laughs> it does. No matter what. So let's talk about folks who are aspiring influencers today and who are looking to not only cultivate a community and an audience, but to build a business, what pieces of advice, having sat on the data side and having sat on the, uh, the, the business side of it for so long, what advice would you give them? I think the first thing to ask you yourself is what is your unique point of view? Uh -huh. What are you bringing to the table that nobody else is? And, sure. Or maybe not nobody else, but that, that doesn't feel like is an oversaturated space. Right. Um, what is it that you personally are passionate about? And I think mm -hmm. identifying those things and being really honest and true. Yeah. And 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 finding um, finding other influencers who maybe are doing something similar. It doesn't yeah. have to be the same, but similar, mm -hmm. and connecting with those people. Yeah. Um, I think that that's your first step. Uh, I, I don't think it matters the size of your platform. If you're in it to authentically network and create a business, I think people are really receptive to that. I think Certainly, yeah. the term influencer is a job description now. It's, yeah. you know, people, it, it works um, yep. for some people and you can build a sustainable business mm -hmm. um, without being a mega influencer. Oh yeah. And so if you're getting started, you've created your brand, you think you know what it is, it's going to be about, yeah. you think you have your unique point of view, mm -hmm. um, you're creating your content, mm -hmm. um, you're finding out what works, you're looking at the data. I think the next step from there is to make sure to spend the time learning how to do things. Yeah. Um, whether it is, you know, coding or, you know, putting code on your website, you should be able to do those simple things yourself. Yep. And it can be hard and it can be frustrating, but that's part of it. You have to understand how your whole business works. Exactly. Yeah. And that way, when you grow, when you reach that next level, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier for you to yeah. think about what you're going to delegate. You learn what you're good at, yeah. but also I think understanding how each of those parts of your business works, yeah. it makes you the expert and you should definitely be the expert at your own business. hundred percent. I completely agree. So yeah. So early on, you want to make sure you can do everything yourself. Uh, and then once you have the opportunity to grow and bring some other folks on, you can delegate the test, but you still understand how it all works. I think one of the important things is to allow yourself to experiment. Yeah. I think that's really important. Allowing yourself to experiment. Because the reality is, like you said, when you started with Ella Bean, 
uh, you were in going down one path, right? Yeah. But then you decided to change course because you, you were experimenting. And if you don't experiment, you can't see what's possible. And so allowing yourself the grace to experiment, I think, is really important. Otherwise, you don't know what's possible and what's out there. And I would also say, please don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember you are creating content on the internet. It, yeah. You know, there's always going to be someone who has more followers than you, whose engagement is going to be better than yours, right. who got that brand deal that you wanted. Like, yeah. no matter how established you are, I would bet that this happens at the mega influencer level too, mm-hmm. that there's just always someone with more. Always. So yeah. don't compare yourself to others. You're on the place in your journey where you are and yep. it is what it is. And, and if it's going to work out, if you stick with it, if you're committed, if you're creating content consistently, yeah. and that is a big thing. I think we see so many um, influencers starting out and they apply for shop style. Actually, one of my favorite things to do is sit and go through applications okay. and look at like influencers who are just starting out and sure, look at yeah. their blogs. And um, I think that one of the, there's a few key mistakes I see. Yeah. Um, one is that they don't post content consistently enough. Mm-hmm. Number two, they don't actually look at where the different links on their blogs link to. So if I'm clicking, what do you mean by that? If I'm clicking on your little Instagram icon and yeah. it doesn't drive to your Instagram, you've lost me. <laughs> yeah, and it right. happens all the time. Yeah, it's true. Um, mm-hmm. So you know things like that. I think if you're really serious about monetizing this business, you should look at some of the bigger influencers that you admire. Don't copy their content because that's not something that's going to help sure. you build a business. Yeah. But look at the the patterns of what they do. Look at the way that they place links. Look at the layout of their blog. Mm-hmm. It's okay to emulate and take inspiration from those things Certainly. because they're professionals. They know what works. Yeah. If you set yourself up and you look really professional mm-hmm. and you have everything kind of ready and loaded to go, um, people take notice of that. And yeah. I, I see that all the time with influencers who maybe don't have a hundred thousand followers yet. They haven't hit that point, which is seems sure. to be the inflection point that people care about. Yeah. And, um, I see see the ones who come to us and they're so professional and they're so pulled together and their brand is so airtight. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that I'm like, watch them. Yeah. Because I think that they they really are in it for the right reasons. They're creating fantastic content. Sure. Um, and yeah. they've done all of their due diligence. Right. And I think at the center of this all, you have to love what you're doing. Otherwise, you can't be consistent. You won't want to spend the time. You know, if you don't really, really enjoy it, you're just going to slack because you're doing it for different reasons. Absolutely. I mean, how many successful bloggers do you hear? I mean, even Mary talking about, I had a full-time job and yeah. I was doing this every day and God. staying up all night to... Yeah. No, I was. I remember those days. She was working in investment banking, which are, are not normal work days. Those are more like 12 to 14-hour days. And then coming back to her apartment and just putting in another four or five hours on her blog because she loved it. Exactly. And yeah. I think that loving it comes through. And I think yeah. people I think people respond to that. hundred percent. Like you were saying, like you can't be a robot when it comes to, you know, data or analytics. You have to have some soul into the content because the internet wins. The internet always wins. And and that's where it's really an art, yeah. right? Because it's it's a no knowing when to apply the data, knowing when the data is leading you in a direction that's interesting to experiment with, mm-hmm. or whether you're you know something is a fluke. You know, yeah. sometimes I don't know a blog post goes viral for the wrong reasons, and maybe yeah. that's not something you want to repeat. <laughs> right. 
No, I think it's incredibly important. Talk to us about folks who are looking to take their business to the next level. Let's say they've been doing it for a while, right? So we've talked about folks who are just getting into the influencer industry and the blogging industry. Now let's say I've I've been around a bit. I kind of have my aesthetic down. I got my brand down. I'm trying to take my business, right? The revenue coming into my business to the next level. You know, it whether it be affiliate, whether it be sponsorship, whether it be whatever it is. How do I do that? How do I get out of a uh, call it a rut or a plateau? You need help. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you know, you cannot do this in a vacuum. So you should have, um, if you're interested in affiliate monetization, you should ha- be working with a platform and a team that you really, really trust and is bringing you a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing goes for your sponsorships. You should be working with people always, even if you're selling your own sponsorships and not working with management, mm-hmm. you should work with people who really are supportive of you as an individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also on a personal level, you need help. So you cannot do it all by yourself. Yeah. Um, whether it's hiring interns or yeah. if you have enough budget to actually hire a full-time assistant, yeah. starting to, to um, delegate and um, give away some of the tasks that you don't need to be working on at that yep. point in your career. That's that's where I see people really start growing yep. um, once they've hit that plateau. Yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, quick plug for Trove. Uh, check out our hiring content. We uh, go through all of that stuff, whether it's uh, interns, whether it's contractors, whatever it might be. Uh, we're big believers in that. You have to leverage your own time, right? You're the center of it all. But at the same time, there are some tasks you should hand off. And also knowing what you're good at, right? Yeah, I mean, you should yeah. be focusing on the things you're really good at. Right. And um, someone once you know, said that to me, like, you're really good at XYZ, Hillary. You can you could spend hours on this yep. and make a big impact on the business. Or you could focus on this other thing, trying to learn it that you feel less comfortable with. And what does that do for anyone? Yep. So finding people with complementary skill sets mm-hmm. is really, really important. Yeah. Um, I also am very excited about the Trove content. I think <laughs> I think I was looking at um, what you were talking about, the interviewing yeah, yeah. Um, post mm-hmm. that you did. Like, yeah. that is so hard. Interviewing yeah. is so hard. Yep. It Even is. for me, where I am in my career, interviewing is hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it is really hard. And it it doesn't matter what you're interviewing for. It doesn't matter if it's a full-time employee, part-time, intern, contractor. You might be interviewing for a lawyer or an accountant. It doesn't matter. It's always hard. And you always feel like, ah, am I going to make the right decision? How do I ask the right questions? You actually raised a really good point. So it's not just about assistants that are going to help you get the job done mm-hmm. or your partnerships that you're leveraging for um, actual monetization. You you need to make sure that you've consulted with a really good attorney who yeah. understands the business of influencer yeah. marketing. I know that Trove has a lot of um, yeah. places that you can go to get information on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and then you also need a really good accountant because it's a oh, very, God. very weird business to be in. Yeah. I know that even for me, I had to find an accountant who understood influencer marketing because I did have, right. even though I have a re- regular job, I have this other revenue stream that's right. unique. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that everyone you work with, you should be really careful about who, yeah. you're set, who you set yourself up with and make sure you're finding people with the right experience. Uh, absolutely. And like you said, it's not just about getting somebody who's good at being a lawyer or an accountant or whatever it is. It's finding somebody who has the relevant experience because you know, somebody doing law at a Fortune 500 company is going to be very good at what they do, but they're not going to be able to help you negotiate an influencer agreement, right? Like that's just not how it works. So finding somebody who specializes is really important. Um, and, and the other thing I like to say about this topic is a lot of people will look around and say, well, I'm too small to hire somebody or I don't have enough money. Listen, you are a hustler. 
right? You started this on your own and you found a way to make it work. There are other hustlers out there who want to be a part of your journey, who want to be a part of your vision. So you've been a hustler so far in your business. You've done it all yourself. You've taught yourself how to code, how to build a website, how to use affiliate links and, and analytics and all that. Be a hustler when it comes to hiring. Find a, somebody who wants to be an intern or contribute part-time who doesn't require a full-time salary because they will give you leverage on your time. Well, let's switch gears a little bit here. Okay, we've talked enough about kind of the business side of things. Let's talk about Ella Bean and friends. Okay, <laughs> so what's it like having a famous dog? It has been the strangest experience of my entire <laughs> life. I mean, to start at the beginning, I think that when you have over 100,000 people who feel like they know your pet, they feel like they have ownership of your pet, they're... Yeah and entitlement to your pet. <laughs> That's um, interesting. It is a weird feeling. Yeah. And and at least for me, and I'm sure for, and I know for most of the other pet influencers that I'm friends with, there are pets first. We love them. Like, right. There are yeah. family members. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, 10 minutes of every day maximum that you're spending yeah. on photos, unless it's a big elaborate photo shoot. Mm-hmm. So 99% of the time they're your pet. Right. Um, so the strangest experiences I've had, you know, I get, I do get stopped on the street, not me personally, but with the dogs. Yeah. And not just stopped on the street. We were stopped in a train station in Milan. Oh my God. We were stopped on a beach in Capri. Like, That's amazing. It, it is insane how invested people are. Yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. So how do you deal with all the attention? Has it gone to your head? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm personally really careful. I really try not to. I, I don't think I've ever tagged myself on her account. I've yeah, never shown yeah. my face. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really like, I think I'm, you know, and this is for my regular job too. I, I really like being behind the scenes. I like understanding how things work. Mm-hmm. Um it's and it's just that's who I am. Yeah. Um, and I like making things happen and, yeah. and hustling, but I'm really a behind the scenes girl. Yeah. So um so, for me it's it's been it's been fascinating and it's also been a really good case study to teach me things that yeah. help inform what I do for the rest oh, of my day to day work. Yeah. Um and I, you know, I feel your pain, all of you influencers with that Instagram algorithm. It's it's just killing me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does being a pet influencer differ from being a human influencer? Um, obviously they're, they're the obvious differences, but talk about a little bit about the business side of things. Um, from a business perspective, I think that there was so much, um, pushback from brands on paying digital influencers for content, human influencers for content. Mm -hmm. Now you layer onto that, that it's, it's an animal. Okay. Um, and we're still pushing through a lot of that. Really? A lot of people think we should just make them content and they don't understand that. Really? We've spent money on our photo equipment. We spend time. My husband is in the video industry and charges a lot of money to do what he does. So when he makes video content, we're using his time and it's valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that 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 has been a really big um, hurdle for us to overcome. But I also think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, You know, pets make people smile. Like at the end of the day, you know, it's not a gimmick. Mm -hmm. You integrate branded content in the right way. Right. um, And people just eat it up. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's a key difference is we did a partnership with Dyson a few months back and we made a really funny video. That's cool. And um, a friend of mine who works at a media agency told me that he uses it as an example of really good integrated branded content. Because even though, you know, it was pretty low, low budge, but, um, (laughs) but we really told a story and we really integrated the brand. And also you have a bunch of cute dogs running around. So it's, it's funny. Recipe for success. Exactly. Yeah. 
Tell me really quickly on that topic, what has been your favorite partnership so far? The travel partnerships that we've gotten the opportunity to do have been amazing. Um, Okay. What's the most recent one, for example? Uh, well, we have one coming up. We're partnering Ooh. with uh, Scribner's Lodge, which is upstate. A lot of influencers go there, mm-hmm. um, like organically. Uh, is she gonna? Is is Ella Bean gonna get her picture on the wall? Um, I don't know if she'll get her picture on the wall per se, but <laughs> she is co-hosting Ooh. a weekend called Pup Stater. Love it. You heard it correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a weekend of dog-themed activities. We've been organically going to this property for a few years now okay. since they opened. We've established a relationship with that business. We really support them and what they do, and they support us too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, when they, you know, wanted to launch a pet-friendly program and talk about that, um, I was mm-hmm. right there along with them oh, to be like, let's great. talk about it together. So yeah. um, we're really excited about that. Some other incredible, incredible partnerships we've done. I mean, we've traveled all over the world with this dog. It is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, we we were uh, doing partnership with with Ritz Carlton. Okay. And I think it was 2017. Okay. Um, and um, we traveled to Colorado, to the, one of their Colorado properties, and to Aruba. And wow. let me tell you, there is nothing weirder than checking into a hotel under your dog's name. <laughs> and literally, when you sign for, like, your room service, like, yeah. you're signing Ella Bean. And people were calling me Miss Bean. And That's I was amazing. like, no, <laughs> that's her. <laughs> that's her. I am not, I'm not Miss Bean, but yeah. thank you. That's incredible, though. And so... What's the what's the next few years for the pet influencer space look like? I think it really depends on on, it, on platforms. You know, we talked okay. earlier about um, owning your own content, and I think that one thing you know, pet influencers have done an amazing job at owning the um, Instagram space and getting huge traction there. And there are also influencer uh, mega stars that are pets. Sure. Yeah. Um, the, so you know, there's all different tiers of influencer within yeah. that space, and, and I think that. You know, for me, I know that I have a blog and I keep saying I'm going to do more of it. I'm going to do more of it because I I know from what I do that that is the future. And that's what I need to own mm-hmm. in order to to continue to grow my my business. Sure. Um, if that's something I continue to pursue. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we see new platforms popping up and so far I haven't, I've tried mm-hmm. everything that kind of I watch the App Store top 10 and like if, yeah. it's, if it exists, I'll try it. Yeah. Um, you know, if if. It's then it's going to be whoever gets there first, right? Okay. And then if you can yeah. translate that audience and community to a new platform, great. And that's the sure. same for all of us. That's pet and human alike. Yeah, but um, it's hard to predict because we saw Vero had a moment last year yep. or year and a half ago, whatever it was, and you just never know. And yeah, so, and then you invest all this time and money in creating <laughs> content for that specific platform. Right, and, right. You know, and, and it's a I fine think balance. It is, but it's also if you're passionate about creating content, mm-hmm. then it's okay. It's fun. Right. You're testing things. Mm-hmm. You should always be testing right. no matter what kind of influencer you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, pet influencers are, they're gaining legitimacy. I mean, my, my dog has a manager um, <laughs> and an agency that yeah. was founded that was dedicated to pet influencers. Sure, yeah. And, and there's no signs of that slowing down. People mm-hmm. understand that where there's a engaged audience, there is an opportunity to put your product. Yeah. hundred percent agree. It's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how everything evolves. It's certainly, I think, over the last twelve months, three hundred and twenty-two different agencies have popped up uh, in the last twelve months alone, and I think there are some five hundred plus now that are alive and well and operating. And you know, they come in all shapes and sizes. But like you said, we have pet influencers, human influencers. Who know? Who know? I mean, we even have 
influencers who are kind of uh, run by AI and, you know. Yeah, those AI influencers. Right, right, yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then there's like, which is controversial, but like the kid influencers, that right, whole right. There's, segment. There's a huge segment there, yeah. What happens? What happens when they age out? Do people still care? I don't well, know. Well, I mean, it's the Macaulay Culkin, you know, right? type of, you know, or the Shirley Temple. I mean, the, the there have been influencers for as long as people have been around. It's just a different medium for them now. Um, and it's accessible to everybody, right? Back in the day, Shirley Temple was a movie star. Not everybody could be a movie star, but now everybody's got a phone. And Instagram is only a click away. If you so. had told me that I would have a famous dog <laughs> 10 years ago when I first got her, you I would never. Me out of the room. I, yeah, I absolutely. When I rescued Ella, if you had told me one day this dog is going to become famous, yeah. there's no way. <laughs> it's crazy how it all works. Well, Hillary, thanks so much for joining us today on Influencer Business. It's been great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. A big thank you to Hillary for joining us today on the podcast. Two quick takeaways I wanted to mention. First of all, you have to love what you do in order to make it as an influencer. Creating this content, being consistent, and engaging with your community can be really difficult if you don't love what you're doing. Number two, you don't have to be big on Instagram to have a really interesting influencer business. There are all sorts of businesses being created on Pinterest, on blogs, on Facebook. So don't think that Instagram is the only answer. And finally, make sure you're following Ella Bean the dog on Instagram. That's her handle, Ella Bean the dog. And by following Ella Bean on Instagram, you'll also be able to enjoy the adventures of Coco and Fifi, her good friends. Make sure you head over to trovebusiness.com. We have an incredible set of resources for you there that covers everything related to partnerships and building your business. Big shout out to Pete Crimmy and the team at Sound Lounge for always making us sound better on the podcast than we do in person. Really appreciate all the hard work. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and give us a glowing review. We always appreciate it. This has been another episode of Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Gulari. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.